Hello and welcome to Who Are You? This is a Babylon 5 Watchcast hosted by two former strangers, now friends, who have got to know each other while rewatching a favorite show from their childhood, Babylon 5. I'm Jafer. And I'm Laura. And this is Dominion Media Television. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Victor, and yes, this is DMTV. My name is Victor Andriago. I'm the CEO, I guess, the owner. <laughs> I run, I run Dominion Media Television. It's a comic parody satire page. Do a lot of comics, uh, mostly Star Trek related, but honestly, Babylon Five is in my heart. It's my favorite sci-fi show ever. So. Uh, so just keep that between us. You know, don't tell anybody. <laughs> us and all the listeners. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't worry. They're cool people. They're chill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have, anyone who is not, we've scared off. Awesome. <laughs> I've, I've actually got quite a few of Babylon 5 fans on my, uh, on my site. Yeah, you do. Speaking of which, yeah, yeah I, I slip in some V5 references here and there. Mm-hmm. And some people pick up on them. Yeah. I noticed the uh, the use of a Pac Mara um, yes. uh, teleprompter recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, a few people thought it was uh, thought it was an ood from Doctor Who, and I was like, no, oh man, Pac Mara. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Victor. Well, it's your first time on the show, mm-hmm. so I get to ask, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Do you know who I am? I'm Victor Andriago. My big thing these days is uh, running Dominion Media Television. Last week, really proud to say we just hit 24,000 subscribers. That just is nice. blow, blows my mind beyond any expectations I had when I first started doing this. Congrats. Uh, thank you. Thank you. We've got quite a few ongoing series that I write, uh, comic series. Uh, most popular one is probably Car Talk with Martok. Uh-huh. Uh, that's, how, that's how Laura and I've, I met. She recognized the logo i was wearing your shirt (laughs) yeah that was that was quite an amazing experience being at star trek las vegas last year i ran into about probably about between 10 and 12 people who who recognized the who recognized my comics and for me that was just amazing i guarantee you there were more who just didn't say anything (laughs) like they saw the shirt and they were like oh yeah that's dominion media television but they didn't realize it was like you and so they yeah. just didn't say anything, you know. That's you, you know, I was I was way more nervous meeting my fans and subscribers than I than I was talking to the actual like Star Trek actors. Being there, you know? <laughs> he will come up to me and be all just like, "There was one guy I want to give a shout out to, Eddie. He saw me from across the hallway and he just pointed in the screen. Don't talk with Martin. And I'm ran running up to me. So, <laughs> it was pretty cool. I I, I gave out a few. Uh, <laughs> everyone there humored me. They. They let me give them an autograph print. It's, uh, I think I gave you one too. You, want to, but you that did, was... yes. I thank have you. it, and oh, I cherish you. it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was nice just humoring me. I'm, I figure most people are all just like, yeah, sure, and throw it away afterwards. <laughs> you know, it was, it, it was it was a great feeling being there. But yeah, I've also got quite a few other comic series going right now. I've got the Bajor Militia. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're halfway about halfway through a project I'm doing where. I'm recreating the first Star Wars movie, scene for scene, but with characters from Star Trek. You know, I call it Star Trek and New Hope, so we're about halfway through that. Also, Captain Delilah is a really popular one. I, I do have a, a couple of Battle on Five comics. I haven't posted a new episode in a while, but there was one that was pretty popular. I called it Soul Hunters, the Interstellar <laughs> Truth Seekers, the acronym yeah. shits. And he... Uh, <laughs> It's about the soul hunters that go around through the multiverse, capturing souls from various places. Like they, they went and they got the, on the Death Star with Luke and Vader and their saber fight. And the Emperor's like, oh, hey, soul hunters, uh, which one are you here for? Luke or Vader? And they're like, oh, well, mm, <laughs> actually. <laughs> so, Sean Bean, the soul hunters love to follow Sean Bean around everywhere. Oh, they, yeah. They, they, <laughs> they get so many of him. And. Let's see. I first got into Babylon 5 as a, I must have been, gosh, I must have been like nine or 10 years old when it, when it first came out. And I've, I've got this distinct memory of seeing a commercial 
for the new primetime lineup on the network. And it was, and it was a commercial for that one by Kung Flu, the legend continues mm-hmm. and another show called time tracks. And it was like, that was the new primetime. But me as a little kid, I thought they were all the same show. So I was like, holy crap, there's going to be this move, this show about a, about a Kung Fu guy who travels time. And like, I figured Babylon 5 was like his. So I was like super confused watching the premiere. I was like, okay, when's the Kung Fu guy going to come out? <laughs> <laughs> That's what this show needed. Reboot. Kung, Give us right? the Kung Re- Fu guy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Recently, I've been re-binging the entire series, getting myself hyped up for the uh, the Road Home movie coming out next yeah. month. I'm very excited about that. And yeah, I've been re-watching it on the Roku channel. And my God, I just I just forgot just how good this show was way ahead of its time. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So It hits so hard these days. Mm-hmm. I think it hits yeah. harder now than it did 10 years ago, let alone mm-hmm. 20. Just the so many of the themes of the rise of fascism and stuff <laughs> and the yeah. things that we've dealt with yeah, uh, yeah, in this watch. country. <laughs> like I said, we scared everyone off. That was going to be. Yeah. Scary, so. <laughs> I'm not too worried about it. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually kind of glad that they decided to go with the animated movie instead of the live action reboot just because it's, yeah. it's so sad that half the cast is, has literally died since then. So yeah, I mean, literally half the cast. Yeah, I was was watching the scene with uh, Garibaldi and Jakar the other day where they get like reunited. Both these guys are just such amazing, iconic characters, and both gone. Like, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to bring the thing to show down. No, no, <laughs> no, no, you're fine. <laughs> sad. So that scene, they would have been, I think, roommates when they filmed that too. The actors what? lived no together way. for a bit. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah, cool. Jerry Doyle and Andreas <laughs> lived together during production that's... during some of the later seasons. No joke. Wow. Yeah, you can that find interviews where they talk about it. <laughs> to be a fly on that wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Well, it's really fitting that you're here today, Victor, because in this episode, our good old Captain Sheridan is thinking about setting up his own network. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> We've got season four, episode 11, Lines of Communication. We open on Sheridan watching some more of Fox SN, who keeps feeding the big lie until they believe it. So, Aaron, I know last episode, I I left kind of a a sprawl here where I explain (laughs) what I want you to do. I don't know if you did it or not, because we're recording and that episode doesn't come out for another three or four weeks from when we're recording right now. But what I'm thinking is kind of like last time, if you didn't ruin your algorithm already, What we could do is get some more voiceovers of people talking about the election being stolen. I'm thinking some One American News Network this time instead of Fox (laughs) News, maybe some Blaze Media and just, you know, some (laughs) random dates, you know, something from after the election until the completely arbitrary and irrelevant date of January 5th again, let's say, Uh, you know, just quotes (laughs) from that time frame right here again, I think would be really funny. Thanks, Aaron. Not a chance. (laughs) yeah Ivanova cannot understand she is every millennial looking at their parents asking (laughs) why you're still watching cable news why are you still watching this Uh (sighs) Sheridan thinks they've got time before the attack comes but they know it's coming Franklin hollers from Mars letting them know that the board meeting is on yeah, and the most inconspicuous message ever. <laughs> so, Boss yeah. Ram, the big bad wolf. <laughs> yeah, and I'm puzzled by his explanation that, you know, no one's going to know who this message is for. And it's like... <laughs> it's... You're, you're literally the son of one of Earth Force's most famous generals. <laughs> Thank you. Do, you know, does Earth Force, Earth Gov not have records of where you've been? <laughs> Let's see, stationed on Babylon 5 for... Four years, and then we lost communication. Oh, wow. Huh? Crazy happenstance there. Wonder where this message is going. I-, I love how number one commented. It was like, well, that was nice and cryptic. And like, was it though, number one? <laughs> yeah. Is she being sarcastic? Maybe she's being sarcastic. Mm. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. She seems like a pretty sharp lady, except for this obsession with Franklin. But we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. There was a lot of Usenet notes about this where people were like, was that really inconspicuous JMS? (laughs) (laughs) He was just like, "Eh, it's a needle in a haystack. They, you know, they had had to be Franklin so that they knew who it was because you can't fake video. Uh, If it had just been audio, they could have faked it. And I'm just like, Oh, how poorly. <laughs> yeah, no one like, knows who Marcus is. Yeah. Like, EarthGov theoretically doesn't have tabs on Marcus like they might yeah. have tabs on Franklin. <laughs> exactly. That is such a good point, Laura. And everyone in the command staff knows who Marcus is back at Babylon 5. Please, yeah. yes. I did have a good laugh, though, because they kept calling it the board meeting. And have I ever told you the college story I have of the boardroom? I don't think so. So... In my college years, I I mentioned this before, I LARPed, and uh, (laughs) we had a lot of people in the LARP unit live in the same apartment complex, and so we were just hanging out constantly. Like, it was literally like, get drunk, walk 20 feet to your place kind of stuff, you know, like, magic. (laughs) This summer in particular, there must have been 12, 15 people right in the same apartment complex, and we were all hanging out a ton. And someone at the beginning of the summer had thrown out a giant dining table and chair set. So we dumpster dove it and put it in front of our apartment and we (laughs) called it the boardroom. So we would just like get drunk around this giant table all summer and we we would have board meetings and stuff. And it just, I don't know what it was about the language used in this, where it was like, the board meeting is on guys. (laughs) Wink, wink. wink. That just made me like, oh, is that where this came from? Like, did did this, did I pull something from the ether in my college years from my childhood without even realizing it? Uh, nice. Probably not. It's just, it was just very funny coincidence. I just realized that the, the boardroom is a great name for a bar. So I'm mm-hmm. going to drop the business plan. I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> and the whisper gallery. Yeah. They need to be next to each other. We need for to sure. set the up shop together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Marcus runs in after all this to tell us of a bombing operation that is blaming the resistance for civilian deaths. Someone blew up their honeymoon suite back at Red Planet Hotel. The Red right? Planet Hotel, yeah. Yeah. On the station, Delenn West wings with Pharrell, who tells her of the attacks on the Mimbari Protectorate races. You know, rewatching that scene, uh, that, that just kind of dropped you right in the middle of that conversation. Yeah. Like, I know it is a character that we'd never seen before. Like, rewatching yeah. it, I had to rewind it a couple times because I, I was like, for a second, I was like, did they recast Lanier? Who the hell is this guy? <laughs> yeah. He has a very linear look. Yeah. 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 And they don't say his name for 40 minutes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I watch with subtitles on because usually the baby's asleep. So mm. I noticed that, like, oh, finally we get his name. And, and I'm just going to call him Pharrell instead of 4L. But <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I thought it was like, is that how it said? For Pharrell? For it was it was spelled 4L, but I'm yeah. calling for him Pharrell. Pharrell, <laughs> okay. It was like Purell, like the hand sanitizer, but with him. <laughs> yes. Yes. We come back from theme and Delenn and John talk about the attacks. He notes that the Pac Mara have also been attacked. Delenn tells him that she has an obligation to help since these uh, people that were attacked were guarded by the religious caste. And he's like, send Lanier. And she's just like, who's Lanier? (laughs) (laughs) Like, she just completely forgets who he is for a moment until she's just like, that guy? No, he's a bitch. I got this. (laughs) He's uh, really leaning into his patriarchy instincts there. All of a sudden. He's forgotten mm-hmm. that Delenn is like, she's like a hundred years old or something, right? She's been around longer than he has. Yes. And she used to be a member of the Great Council. Like, she can mm. handle this, my friend. She was one of the leaders during the Earth Mimbari War. Like, she has personally overseen the slaughter of countless thousands, if not millions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think she can handle it. But all of a sudden, she's his, his special boo. Yeah. And... <laughs> <laughs> Over at Mars, number one raises some hell to Felipe for conducting a bombing without her authorization. He makes it weird by bringing up their sexual past like it's a bargaining chip. And she rightfully <laughs> tells him to fuck off. Yeah. This was really weird. That that scene, I, God, dude, I, I, I love the way, like, she, you know, knocks his ass on the ground. And, and he's just, this guy, he, he just, he just bombed a hotel. And he's like, what? What did I do? 
What, what did I do? Why, why are you being a dick about it, man? What? Come on. <laughs> it's funny. I did have to check, though, because my girlfriend, Beth, as she was walking by and watching the, watching the scene, she's just like, is that Pedro Pascal? And I'm all like, no. No. Wait. And I checked, and the answer is no. But I had to check. If only is what I'm saying. Could you imagine? (laughs) It's like our Brian Cranston. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love that parting line that uh, she gave him. She said, uh, said, is this how you treat all your former lovers? Matter of fact, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was just. I mean. Isn't that why yeah. we do all of our former lovers? Is this something new? <laughs> Most part. <laughs> Marcus makes a jet lag joke like it hasn't been a three-week flight and you've adjusted already. Oof, <laughs> that that line gave me anxiety. Like thinking about like because I, I always I get jet lag bad everywhere I go. And then I'm thinking, man, jet lag on Mars. That would suck. I don't know that I could adapt. It's hard enough yeah. sometimes to figure out when to record with Jafar, and he's an hour away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, not only ejecting a time zone, I was talking about new gravity mm-hmm. and air pressure. That's mm-hmm. just, I had to lie down for a second after that one. <laughs> it used to be a problem for me before I traveled so much for work, but I've spent so much time on planes now where I'm just unfazed. You're a better man than I. It took it took I, a, the better part of a decade to get to that point, but <laughs> <laughs> I got there. And Coulter reminds Sheridan that they're just reporting <laughs> the facts, and uh, you get to decide the truth. Yeah, yeah, I, I caught that Fox News tagline there. Like, yeah, we're simply it, reporting the facts. Yeah. yeah, is it actually a tagline? Because it feels like it's a tagline, but I really didn't want to Google it. Yeah, Ooh, it's probably. close enough. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to pollute my browser history with that one. So. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, he gets an idea during the hour of the wolf and wakes Avanza <laughs> up over it. Uh, mm-hmm. She waits for the other shoe to drop, and when it does, she is not pleased. Uh, <laughs> he's like, "Just get on Zoom and broadcast the real news, our news." Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, she says she'd rather have a face that people fear than trust. After confirming that her favorite author is in fact Machiavelli. Sheridan continues with the idea every bad boss ever has thought that they've had. Hey, we did this thing on a small scale. How hard can it be to do it on a big scale? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's got big boss energy right now. He's not a commander. Sure. He's a boss. Yeah. I wanted Ivanova to just say, this could have been an email, John. <laughs> and not a meeting at 3 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> And continuing our uh, through line of treating our female characters in weird ways, Pharrell decides to mansplain the Grey Council to the <laughs> Look, I know this is done for the cool. viewer. Like, we've got to remind the viewer yeah. of some things, right? But it's weird. It is weird mm. that he tells her that you know, the Grey Council's <laughs> held us together. She knows that, yeah. you dumb shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was in the Grey Council. And she, didn't she break it as well at this point? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And like most of the time, the who's on the Great Council is a secret. Like, you know, like oh. like that's a thing that they have in the first season where it's like, oh, no one knows I'm on the Great Council. You get to know Lanier, you're special. But he even says, you were on the Great Council, Delenn. <laughs> and it's just like, he clearly knows. She knows. Yeah. Oh. Strange. <laughs> oh, I was so mad. <laughs> You know, there was another trope that I noticed in, in my my rewatch of, of Babylon Five that uh, this is a really common thing. They 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 cut to the White Star, and they come up, and, and he comes up to Delenn and says, "You've been here a while. You should get some sleep." That has been done so many times before. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell is it about being in the chair on the White Star that makes you just want to just stay there for forever and and stay stay awake have you seen their beds it's yeah, got it's, twice it as much be. padding as one of their beds it's, that it's gonna be like that that big screen 4k tv they have at the monitor <laughs> or something like that they're all just like go to bed jesus yeah no i mean maybe that's it because we've seen the tvs that they talk to each other on babylon 5 they're definitely yeah. cathode ray tube tvs right <laughs> <Yeah>. i mean <laughs> yeah you're on some 480i shit and then you go over <laughs> to your uncle's house and he's got a projector downstairs and you're just like, 
I didn't know TV could look like this. There's their binging Netflix in hyperspace. Yeah. Also, yeah. fucking Pharrell quotes Ducat to Delenn. Oh, yeah, can you that. imagine oh. <laughs> the audacity of this bitch? I was there with Ducat. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally held him while he died. I remember yeah. when he said that I was there. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is another read on this instead of mansplaining that I, it is worth okay. mentioning, I feel where he's actually just giving Delenn shade for being a completely unattentive leader of her people. I guess she has mentioned like, oh, I've been away a while. <laughs> yeah. uh, I definitely feel like it's not that, yeah, but yeah. I could see this scene being a, hey, Delenn, you fucked up. Kind of yeah. like, let me explain what you should have been doing. Was there any mention in the previous episodes leading up to this, the whole Membari Civil War thing? Because I feel like I, if I did, I must have missed that. This is this the, first, is the mention. first mention of any kind of internal. There have been okay. a little bit about the Mimbari's caste system breaking down here mm. and there, but this is the first like actual, not conflict because there's no conflict, but banishing caste members out of cities and mm. stuff. Over on Mars, Franklin speaks for Sheridan, saying you can dislike the individual but respect the office. We know that's never in American history been a hypocritical statement. So that was nice to hear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he wants them to stop bombing civilian targets, which honestly gets more of a fight than I thought it would. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to kill these innocent serious. Got to make that statement by killing innocents. Yeah. Whoa, dude! <laughs> like, yeah, they were surprisingly chill about it, and the guy's like, "What? What? Why are you getting on me about this for, man? Put a bomb in a hotel, Jesus!" <laughs> Franklin tells them that they want buy-in on running the entire resistance, and that they're going to have to follow Sheridan's orders without question. Can uh -huh. you fucking imagine? <laughs> yeah, you're in this the IRA. It's during the troubles. Mm -hmm. And some dude from Hawaii shows up and tells you that he's <laughs> running the show now. Like, <laughs> you've never interacted with this person except one time when they fucked you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because they talk about him putting down the Mars riots. And it's just like, oh, why they yeah. buy in is completely beyond me. Yeah, I, it, it does it, not he make even sense. says. You, you need to do what we ask no matter how strange it is. Yeah. I think he uses the word strange or weird or something. And I'm like, yeah. I, don't, I don't have that level of trust with you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that tr level of trust with almost anyone, <laughs> let alone yeah. a complete stranger. Oh, it yeah. is bizarre. Yeah. He's definitely pushing some of that Sheridan mythos here too, though. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the same one that Garibaldi was not super happy yeah. with in our yeah. previous episodes. Yeah. He does promise to free Mars, though, which that's nice. Mm -hmm. I feel like he should have led with that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's like, do you want free Mars? Let's talk free Mars. And then you can get some <laughs> people to buy in. Not, yeah. you're going to do whatever we say and also free Mars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> The White Stars make it to their destination and find a Pakmara and their attackers, which was the opening More scene. Pakmara. This, I thought they were going to Mimbari space and not the attack John mentioned. They were going to save the, oh, they had a different name. I don't even remember. That's how the little they North Side. Yeah, the North Side. Yeah, I'd yeah, never seen them on screen, never heard of them before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they're, apparently they're important. They're so important that we don't get to see them. I think they said they're an agricultural civilization. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. They have a farming planet. Yeah. Um, so maybe they don't even really true. like have ships. Maybe it's more like a ground assault or something. I don't know. Yeah. But maybe they're close to the Pakmara. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be, but. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. They identify the uh, attackers. There's a little lip service paid to not repeating the mistakes of the Earth Mimbari War and the first. Uh, appreciate that. I love. Yeah. I love that. 
Lanier does a little, you know, mansplaining about, you know, be careful. This is a first contact situation. And Delane quips back, you know, I, I was there at the first contact with the human. She literally says, I do not make the same mistake twice. And then, yeah. you know, 15 minutes later, she does the exact same shit that she did with the humans. <laughs> first, I do like... feel like this is a little different in that we are different. first contacting and they are definitely yeah. attacking someone at this moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it is, you know, I, I do appreciate that she made the right choice here because the Drak were very obviously the bad guys. They telegraphed the yeah. shit out of that, you know? Yeah. yeah but, uh, yeah. yeah, when it came down to, they were all just like, I think Lanier or somebody even mentioned, you know, we, let's wait until we understand the reason for attacking the lens. All this, like, hell no, you turn, we're going to blow the shit out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's good. The Drak have a whole Q thing going on, though, where all of their name is Drak. And also, they are the Drock. <laughs> I thought that was a, a nod to the uh, "We Are All Kosh." <laughs> mm. 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 All right. Lanier notes that they're speaking Mimbari, but how is that possible? And then Pharrell mm. pulls a pistol on Delen. <laughs> She's yeah. like, "Mimbari, don't kill Mimbari." It's like I don't I... have to kill you to shoot you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I do love that in the background of this scene, Lanier's ready to throw his hands again. <laughs> he's, he's brought hands to a gunfight again. <laughs> yeah. I, I do want to say something I absolutely loved about this. And just a little detail is, is that line where he said that they're, the transmission is coming through in Nambari, but they don't understand our language or whatever. But, you know, we, the audience, are hearing it in English. I just, I love that little detail about like, that's like a big universe, in universe world building thing for me. It's just little details that, that I love. Like, that's something they always gloss over in Star Trek, you know, Universal Translator or whatever. But, uh, yeah. But that right there, it's like, you know, we, the audience, are hearing it in English, but, you know, they're obviously, it's a chip full of Mimbari. So they obviously just speaking Mimbari to each other. So, yeah. That's just, I don't have any humans on board right now. So we don't need to gloss over it. Yeah. 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 It's English for our convenience as an audience, not yeah. because it's actually English. Another thing I love about about Babylon Five in general is there's so many aliens and so many scenes which is aliens interacting with aliens. Like the way yeah. I see it, if you're gonna do if you're gonna do a sci-fi story, crank the sci-fi up. Man. I don't want to mm-hmm. see humans doing human shit. You know, give me some aliens and cultures interacting and stuff. I just absolutely love that. So anyway, that's my little rant. So. No, no, hundred percent. That's one of the things that. I actually really liked about Star Trek Discovery is we finally had an alien captain. Like Ah, uh, Saru, yes. Yeah, when Saru was captain for a season. Spoilers. Nah. <laughs> it's been a minute. I think it's fair. Yeah. I think it was like a couple of seasons ago at this point. I think it was season three. Yeah, because two was Pike. So, but it's just like, and seeing that and how he went about things differently. And especially because Trek's whole thing is our differences and our unity makes us stronger. You know, mm-hmm. like if, if you had to summarize Star Trek in a sentence, it'd probably be that sentence. And to in Babylon 5, it's similar, but it's also we're in a much more fractured state constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, there is no federation. There's none of that stuff, you know. So to see those types of interactions, 100 percent agree, Victor, that's one of the reasons that Babylon 5 is such a great show. There's also a subtle implication in that sentence that is, we know that we hear English to the audience, not because they're speaking it. We don't know that any of the humans are actually speaking English. Ooh, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. Um, we've got some newspapers in English as well, especially in the first season. <laughs> but that could also be in another language and just in English for the sake of the audience again. So I don't even know oh. that. So listener, I want to hear your opinion on what the fuck language you think they're actually speaking on the station. Mandarin. <laughs> I, I, I do love how optimistic they were in the nineties that newspapers would survive. Print media. What could possibly happen? How do they get paper out there? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I couldn't even get paper at my old office job here on Earth. Paper. Have you ever seen paper? 
back to the <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyways, Pharrell's like, look, we're going to have a sleepover and talk about this hot goss about five minutes that way. So they mm-hmm. just drive off. Over on Mars, number one calls Franklin's bluff on Sheridan's rule about civilian targets. And he plays coy, but he was directly authorized by Sheridan to speak for Sheridan, knowing that they weren't going to be able to talk about stuff. And he's 100% right here. The captain wouldn't approve of it. So instead of making this like a weird thing where you're inserting friendship tokens, hoping for sex, (laughs) just say that. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Yeah. It's like, I I love how Marcus is, Marcus is no fool. He may be a virgin, as was established earlier (laughs) in one of these other episodes. Uh, Marcus the but Virgin he, and the Chad Franklin. Yeah, <laughs> for yeah. Sure. He knows what this what is up here, and he knows what Franklin is at. Even though Franklin won't even admit to himself what he's at, it's yeah. very funny. Yeah, Marcus is very game recognized game here. And then number one invites Franklin to dinner and Marcus to guard duty <laughs> because someone on this fucking planet has to have some game. <laughs> you know, my game for that is in the previous episode, Marcus, Franklin, and number one all they they mentioned that they were all gonna go have dinner together as well. So my head cannon is in their previous interaction, Marcus was cock blocking number one the whole time. So number one is all just like, Okay, you guard duty tonight. <laughs> number one's got needs. <laughs> I can I can picture that perfectly we should, that's the scene we should have gotten <laughs> i can just picture marcus just going on and on you know and meanwhile number one's kind of like <laughs> <laughs> making jokes about their night in the honeymoon suite oh, that's about to happen and stuff for sure yes <laughs> franklin is apprehensive until marcus pushes the issue death is kind of like sex in high school if you knew how many times you missed having it you'd be paralyzed the Drock send over a shuttle to the White Star, and we get what I can only describe as an albino predator who just learned how to use the motion blur in Photoshop on board. <laughs> mm. I thought this guy was still buffering. Was just buffering. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that they just that he's just wandering around the ship, just unescorted. They just uh-huh. let him dock, and he's. Wandering around looking like a freaking Power Rangers villain. <laughs> like, just blurry. And I, at one point, he even touches some buttons on the console. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, what does this do? It's like, what are you trying to get this guy under control, man? What the hell? Stay away from the crystals. <laughs> I did read a little bit about this. They Apparently, they used a really shimmery fabric to try and do this effect without any special effects to kind of mm-hmm. make him hard to see. And it just did not out. translate at all when they actually filmed it. So they went and post and did this. I do think it's a really cool effect. And I know that this is something that if it's in the reboot is going to be hella fucking creepy. Yeah. We can yeah. do this way better yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. So right for that. The So this emissary is really chill at first as Pharrell tells Delenn what's going on back home. And the religious cast needs the Drak as allies. Lanier and Delenn start to put together some pieces, though, as this conversation is happening. They Sherlock Holmes the hell out of the, the plot just right there. Yeah, right. Like at this point, they had never seen the Drak before. They had never heard of their species, but just, you know, they, they had their, their epiphany plot powers came in and was like, aha, you're from Zahadu. <laughs> yeah. What was your planet's name? Just out of curiosity. Home. That would have been an excellent opportunity to say Drock again, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah. Does this canonically mean that Zaha Doom means home? <laughs> yeah. Probably, yeah. I possibly. hope that's what it stands for. I like that we find out that Mimbari don't kill Mimbari except by Trail of Tears, apparently. Uh, we're just going to death march him. I wrote that one down here on my notes. That, yeah, Pharrell actually said, yeah, Mimbari did not kill Mimbari, but he tells the story about how the warrior cast came in, set their homes on fire and blew up their car and, and left them out in the frozen waste. And he's like, but Mimbari did not kill Mimbari. But when it's the cold and, and the, the nature, is it is it truly murder? And I'm like, yes, bro. 
<laughs> that counts yeah. as murder. <laughs> yeah. This is more like like, don't lie bullshit too. It's a lie of mm-hmm. omission. It's a murder yeah. of omission. Like it's just that's fucking like saying... cultural hoop. They're just the mental gymnastics here are enough this to make it only technically correct. Yes. <laughs> if I if I push you in a tank of sharks and the sharks eat you, like no officer, I didn't kill him. The sharks killed him. Arrest the sharks. <laughs> yeah. The Mimari uh, have some mental gymnastics powers that are mm-hmm. impressive. For sure. Pharrell says Delenn's name right as the emissary pieces out. And then Delenn tells Pharrell what's about to happen. And she's right. The Drock attack. <laughs> Most of the White Stars escape, but not without damage. And Delenn's all like, fuck it. You turn. We're going back. Yeah. And they attack. <laughs> Love that. It's a really fun scene here. The attack on the Drock mothership. Lanier rolls the hard six and blows up the Drock carrier. It is mm-hmm. it is good scene, and then they yeah. head back to Babylon Five. Uh, on the so, something I uh, I wrote down here about the scene when they were first trying to escape the draft, that they used the uh, they also asked Lanier if he can do a maneuver from the warrior's ass called skin dancing. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just take a moment for that one. <laughs> <laughs> and he says no. But I can program it into the AI. And let me just say, I am glad the Mimbari have better AI than humans do, because I would <laughs> not want to do anything uh, with AI tell us to do skin dancing. No, man, that's going to give me nightmares yeah. from whatever the hell. <laughs> You're just going to get some shitty art out of that one. <laughs> so somebody braver than me out there with mid-journey access, plug in skin dancing as a prompt to mid-journey. Yeah, post what pops off if you're brave enough. Don't send it to me, but describe it. <laughs> I'm curious, but not that curious. Yeah, I'm glad they've got a better handle on their AI, but it is like part Vorlon technology, right? Mm. So you yeah. would think that Kosh that might GPT. put the Drock off a little bit when the part Vorlon fleet shows up. Yeah, you'd yeah. think they know. would know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, because then, uh, yeah, when John's wife came back from the dead, Anna, she she could tell that the ship, she felt it, that it was part Vorlon. Yeah. And that freaked her out. Yeah. It upset So you think the drop would be able to. Maybe that's why he's touching all the buttons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which one of these is self-destruct, motherfuckers? Yeah. Delenn gives shit to Sheridan back on the station for redecorating when she was only gone for three days. Yeah, she says they redecorated, but it looks exactly the same, except for there's a ladder in the background. <laughs> They painted a giant Babylon 5 over the painted star map. Oh, I didn't notice that. Okay. And then there's a giant wooden Babylon 5 shield back there, too, which is actually something that was found recently. That giant Babylon 5 shield made out of wood. No way. It was found. Someone on Twitter posted about it maybe six, eight months ago. And I've actually got it saved in my woodworking file because I'm eventually going to make me one of them. Oh, make dope. <laughs> make three. <laughs> just sitting in a warehouse on the WB. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere. yeah. I just found it somewhere. Yeah. I want a giant one that I can like put up in my home theater. Right. I want it like an yeah, eight, obviously. six, seven foot tall one. But I also want one I can get people to autograph. So I don't know which of these is going to win, but we'll figure it out. Going to have to do the one that people can autograph soon because yeah. this cast might be running out of time. <laughs> Honestly, like knowing STV, STLV is coming around, around the corner and uh, Walter Koenig's going to be there. I was looking at getting a bester action figure and then taking it to him to autograph. And yeah. I priced all of that out and it was almost $200 between the autograph and the figure. And I'm just all like, I can't do that right now. Yeah. Oh, <gasps> but wouldn't that be so bad. nice to have for forever? <laughs> uh-huh. He's <sighs> so great. He was so sweet when I watched him last year, watched him talk. Yeah. Yeah. He had his, uh, his hour on stage was one of the best for sure. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, John calls the drop a wild card and Hey, Drock backwards is card. Uh, (laughs) They talk about how they both have their own upcoming civil conflicts to deal with. So they're going to transition to a long distance relationship for a bit. 
Mm-hmm. Which Delenn, if I was John, I'd be like, Delenn, you know, okay, countdown. I <laughs> I don't have a lot of time left here. <laughs> you know, like it was, he's he's Take literally told him he's yeah, he got twenty <laughs> years left. That's I gotta say, if I was in that situation, and and what is his name, the first one, Lorian, Lorian, yeah, Lorian tells me I I have twenty years. Period. Optimistically, if I don't get hit by a bus or whatever. At that point, I would have been like, hey, guys, good luck with the Shadow War thing. I'm going to go find a freaking planet with a beach somewhere. <laughs> I'm going to do shit that I want to do. You guys figure this out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll be on Beach Planet with my margaritas mm-hmm. and my hot wife. <laughs> Peace. Like, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they have the hard work ahead now to rebuild. Destroying and war are easy in comparison. Uh, mm-hmm. But she doesn't have to leave until the morning. Winky face emoji. (laughs) And then Marcus on guard duty overhears Steven and number one doing it to credits. Winky face emoji. He's he's playing with his Denbach. Yeah. Yeah. He's shaking it. These are real now, by the way. If you were unaware, you can buy these on Amazon. Collapsible stabs. Like actual Denbach or... Like I've seen the little things that just Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're like collapsible like six foot stabs or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the videos look cool. I question the actual execution. Is Marcus sitting here like diddling with his staff while they're obviously <laughs> having sex? That's intentional, right? <laughs> uh, your choice of wording's intentional. Yeah. <laughs> especially that they explained previously how this how the staff works you have to shake it firmly <laughs> you just shake it back and forth there's no motor no batteries and you get the results you want uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. right on i love it i love an innuendo <laughs> uh, but do you love this episode because it's the, that's the end of it right there. We, we we've yeah. hit credit, so it's time on a scale of Babylon's one to five to rate this episode. Victor, Victor is the guest. As the yeah. guest, you get to go first. Uh, I'm gonna give this one three and a half Babylons because it was uh, only because it it. I remember seeing this episode for the first time as a kid when it first aired, and getting really excited for the the Drock storyline that was coming up. That never happened. Like mm-hmm, this is yeah. like pretty much this is the last we ever see of the Drock ships, I think, until like the, the one of the movies. But the Drock are just kind of in the background the entire time. Like, I was really disappointed. I kept waiting for the big Drock fleet battle that was gonna happen that never did. So mm-hmm. uh, that mm-hmm. but standalone as an episode, it was really good, especially because there was no Londo, no Jakar, no Garibaldi, no Zag. They're all absent from this episode. Yeah. Yeah, it was really interesting. They were all absent, and it was still, you know, we still had some mm-hmm. wit and humor. Mm-hmm. I think for me, this is a three Babylons because it is a nice, good average episode for me. I honestly didn't remember the stuff where we went to see the Drock, like from from my childhood watch. They just sort of did not make an impression on my little childhood brain. I. I'm not sure if I'm remembering this properly because I haven't watched Crusade since it originally aired. Uh-huh. But I do believe the Drock are present in Crusade. Okay. Well, we'll find out later. Right. Or maybe it's in Legend of the Rangers or something. One of the movies, maybe it's called Arms. It's something. They they are in something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to find out eventually, but yeah. honestly, that whole thing, even the stuff with being on the White Star and Pharrell pulling a gun, didn't remember any of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I'm, about you, Jafar? You didn't give us your number. I'm right there. I put down three and a half. It is a decent episode. It has a couple of fun moments. It has some very frustrating moments, but it is not. It is, as, as I've stated in a handful of these episodes recently where the big war is over and we're building to the next big thing. These are never episodes that I would revisit outside of a full series rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just a limiter right off the bat for me. 
when it comes to these mm -hmm. ratings. I do love being on Mars and I love what we're setting up with Mars, but we're not like into it yet. Mm -hmm. I've got this episode up on the TV right now on mute and that's right now the scene where Pharrell dies and it was, it was funny. He just gets a light little bonk on the head from like a set piece <laughs> on the white star and that's yeah. what kills him. Yep. Like, yeah. Damn, well, head he trauma is no him. joke. <laughs> Yeah, but, the, but they have a whole bone right there. Oh, that's true. <laughs> they have a big bone. It domes them, though. It like, <laughs> gets them on the crown up front, though. They got a built-in yeah. helmet. We, if that's just exposed skull, though, wouldn't that make them more apt to head injury? I don't know. Because there's like, nothing out there, to like, you, yeah. I, I know we've got some, some nurses and doctors out there. You, you weigh in on really? this. Would having an extra bone help or hinder? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, that's our episode. Next up for Babylon 5 is Season 4, Episode 12, Conflicts of Interests. But we actually have our movie break next week. And we haven't talked about it at all. Um, <laughs> we haven't said anything yet. Because there's been some scheduling conflicts and a couple of things. And it's still not 100%, but it's looking very likely like we're going to have a guest with us for our movie episode. I don't even want to say who to get anyone's hopes up in case it doesn't happen, but we're working really hard with them on this. Uh, they are someone who is on a very short list of people indirectly responsible for this podcast existing. I think it'd be fair to say they'd be one of our greatest guests. So <laughs> we'll see if that happens. What, if, if it does, if it doesn't, we're still going to be here next week watching The Fugitive, which is fun because mm -hmm. both Lauren and I have never seen it. Yeah. And then we'll also be, uh, that episode airs right after Star Trek Las Vegas. But obviously that trip is a month away right now. But I'll be there at the very least. I've already got my flight booked and everything. So if you end up going to Star Trek Las Vegas, I'll see me around. Holler. And we'll talk Babylon 5. Yeah, I, I will be bowing out this year with my little one still being too small for me to feel like I can leave her for that long. So I hope that you have a wonderful time, Jafar. And I hope that you get to go as well, Victor. Uh, yeah, I hope so, too. Yeah. We'll grab a drink I hope you if guys, you go. Yeah, meet up, get a drink. For sure. <laughs> for sure. And toast for me. I'd appreciate it. <laughs> All right, Victor, tell everyone where they can find Dominion Media Television. Facebook.com forward slash Dominion Media TV. We've got lots of tons of ongoing shows right now. Right now, we're also in the middle of the Strange New Worlds Fantasy Away Team League. If any of you have been familiar with fantasy football, uh, what we do is we, we you, you draft a team of Star Trek characters from Strange New Worlds, and every episode you watch, and they get total points. It's, it's, it's like fantasy football, but way cooler. So how much work is that for you? For me, it's all the work. But for the players, if you're, you just draft your team and you just enjoy the ride. But yeah, and everything they do, if they fire a phaser, that's worth like 10 points. Uh, nice. if they have a, a funny line or they say a catchphrase that's worth points. So it's, uh, it, it adds, it, it's, it makes it even more exciting to watch the new episodes. It's been a lot of fun. I started it off with the first season of Strange New Worlds. Mm -hmm. And we had about, like, I want to say between 30 or 40 people playing. Then we did the new season Star Trek card and had even more people. Now it's almost 200 players that we have for this season of Strange New World. So it's really exciting. So, yeah, check it out. Facebook.com forward slash Dominion Media TV. And next caller. <laughs> <laughs> well, with all that said, thank you, Victor, for joining us. Really Thank you for having me. Out. I've been looking forward to this. This was a lot of fun. It was lovely to see you again, Laura. Great to meet you face-to-face, -face, sort of, Javier. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we'll be back next week. But until then, we'd like to thank Jeremy Siegel for our absolutely lovely theme music. As of recording, Jeremy's June album is out. You can go listen to it. Uh, Juniper, it's good. I dug it. Mm -hmm. You did good on it, Jeremy. I know you, I saw some posts because we're Facebook friends now for everyone who followed that saga <laughs> in the thank yous um, where you were uh, self-conscious about it, how it was going to turn out. It turned out great. I really dug it. You did a good job. So keep that up. You can find Jeremy's work at jeremysegal42.bandcamp.com and as Nuclear Jaguar on your favorite streaming services. And thank you to Angry Duck Time Machine on Instagram for our podcast artwork. 
Thank you, Aaron, for editing our podcast and making sure that it's listenable instead of mediocre driveling trash. Uh, we really appreciate you uh, and all the work you do there. And thank you, listener, for choosing to spend your time with Laura and Victor and I today. Uh, we really appreciate that. We love our community so much. Thanks for joining on that. You can get on our Discord and interact with people there. There's usually a conversation going. It's a lot of fun. And then you also have our email, whoareub5 at gmail.com, that I do check occasionally. And we're still on fucking Twitter, even though that's just about <laughs> dead at this point. But that's where the League of Non-Aligned Podcasts lives. So until yeah. the League and JMS move, we're stuck. But eventually, yeah. maybe even by the time this airs, everyone will have moved to Thread. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Threads came up and I was like, God, not another one. I'm so I'm so bad. I'm so overloaded. I haven't even know. learned TikTok yet. <laughs> I don't know how that oh, thing yeah. works. So. <laughs> you got your hands full over on Facebook, though. Everybody should follow yeah. Dominion Media Television because it is a goddamn delight in the middle of my day. <laughs> if I'm just scrolling through my feed and there's a new DMT, I'm so happy. So oh, Thank yeah. you so much. That's, that's why I do it's it. Hilarious. It's the only reason I use Facebook anymore, too. So. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a great use of your time. I've been thank following you so DMT much. for years at this point. Oh, really? Oh, dude, I had no idea. Yeah. Oh, thank you. So occasional co-host and co-host of my other podcast last time on, Ben introduced you and DMT to me. Uh, probably, <laughs> uh, gotta be before the pandemic. Were you doing them that far back? Yeah, it it's started been a long time. Late 2018, I want to say. Yeah, okay. I, I want to say probably 2018, 2019 sometime. So, yeah, uh, it's super cool to interact, super cool have you on. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you all next week, Internet. Bye. Bye.